Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey, everyone. It's Los. We are closing out the semifinals, entering the championship week, likely, if your league ends in week 16 rather than week 17, which I think the majority of leagues do nowadays, certainly most of our addicts leagues. Uh, how are you doing, Mung? You uh, staying alive over there? Yeah, I, uh, I've got a couple leagues where I've made the finals, and uh, I'll be playing for third place and a couple other ones. So all things considered, could have been much worse. Yeah, as I say every single year, my single most hated week of football is the semifinals. Some crap always happens, like I end up against multiple teams and encounter the buzzsaw of Derrick Henry, David Montgomery, and Jonathan Taylor, and here I am finding myself fighting for third place pretty much everywhere. But hey, you know what? It's better than last. Yeah, and uh, I try not to gloat too much, but I, I will pat myself on the back for staying true to my philosophy, which is more so playing the matchups rather than quote-unquote starting your studs i did start uh, tony pollard over chris carson in a league and that's gonna get me the w there you go see so especially those last minute things you got to pay attention all the way up to game time because that was basically a game time decision yeah it definitely was i was uh i was literally hovering my mouse over the the button at like 11 40 a.m and i just waited there for a while yeah, semifinals, playoffs, championship week is not the time to uh, not pay attention to whatever you have, be it you know ESPN or Sleeper or whatever site you're using. For uh, Twitter, probably is most most of the time the uh, most up to date resource. But hey, you know that's fantasy. Yeah, and hopefully you guys have made it to your uh, finals matchups, or maybe you're playing for third place. Still some good cash prizes out there for third place teams. But uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about this week, a ton of running back injuries. And with that, with the circle of life, uh, a ton of potential running back pickups who could end up being league winners. Tons of running backs that could thrive. Indeed. And uh, if you like making prop bets, then Thrive Fantasy is perfect for you, offering DFS-style contests where you pick 10 out of 20 prop bets each week and you compete against other players on how many you get correct. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under. The more you pick correctly, the more points you score, helping to place and win money with over $12,000 guaranteed for the Sunday contest every single week. And if you use our promo code ADDICTS, that's A-D-D-I-C-T-S, when you sign up for an account, you'll receive an instant match of up to $50 credited to your account with a minimum $20 deposit. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. Certainly a lot of ways to play, a lot of place to thrive. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed this fantasy season. You know, don't get too down. Everything's heavy right now. Keep things light, keep things happy. Speaking of the happiest, lightest time of the year, Santa is delivering us Kirk Cousins versus Drew Brees back on the field for Christmas football. How about that, Mung? 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a great game. Uh, we know that there are some storylines from the past couple of years between Minnesota and New Orleans here. Now, keep in mind, there is no Thursday night game uh, with it being Christmas Eve this week. Um, instead, you will have Friday Christmas Day football at 3.30 p.m. Central, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And, you know, this is a crazy matchup that I, I really don't know who's going to win this one. Uh, I, I've been going back and forth on this a lot. But, you know, on the Minnesota side, certainly you're starting Justin Jefferson. You're probably starting Adam Thielen. And, of course, you're starting Dalvin Cook. Yeah, the defense is a tough matchup here for Cook and company. But start your big three. I don't think there's uh, much of a question there. Yeah, and I don't hate Kirk Cousins as a streamer. He's not on our top options, but I mean, over the last few games, uh, you know, dating back to week nine, the lowest he scored in fantasy has been 17 points. I would agree with you as the resident Captain Kirk uh, uh, fan, but this is Christmas. What is brighter lights? What is more prime? What time is more prime than Christmas Day? I, I don't think there is anything uh, more than that, and I, I think Kirk might show up and give us not what we want to see out of him. Hmm, we'll see. I mean, it depends on your options, of course, but I do think he's a fairly safe floor option, depending on how much that game turns into a shootout here. Uh, on the Saints side, of course, Drew Brees coming back, uh, that was a big shock for Week 15, as was, uh, you know, kind of balancing it out, Michael Thomas going on IR. Those were two kind of big news items that kind of went back to back this past week. Yeah, I'm reading a lot of hate for Drew Brees in the fantasy community right now. I think he did the best he could with Emmanuel Sanders as his top option on the field. If Thomas is back, I think Brees, you lock and load him, fire him up. Absolutely fine. Kamara, Thomas, sure, if he's back. I think you well, have Thomas to roll. Thomas is on IR, so he will not be back. Then you have to roll Sanders out there. No question about it. I, I think you play Sanders, but I think he's still in that wide receiver three range. Sure. Uh, I don't Absolutely. love him. Yep. And, uh, of course, Camaro, we saw that uh, the Chiefs put Sorensen all over Camaro, which limited his dump-offs, but uh, I do think he'll still have a pretty fine game here. You're certainly not benching him. The Kansas defense is much better than the Minnesota defense. I don't know about that. I actually think that the Vikings, uh, they blitz a lot, and we've seen that Drew Brees is struggling right now. Uh, obviously, not 100% with the rib injury, but also you know, not having Thomas, not having that go-to guy that he can quickly get the ball out to, uh, that's part of the struggles as well. And, you know, I'm going to let you go first here, Los, because I don't know which team I'm picking here. I'm going to take the Saints at home here on Christmas. I, I think they're not going to not going to handle the, uh, the uh, you know, Vikings handily, but I, I don't think it's going to uh, be as close as you're drawing it up to be. So, oh, man, this is so tough because we are tied dead even going <laughs> into this final week of pickums. Yep. And uh, you know what? Like Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit. I'm feeling another Minnesota miracle here on Christmas Day. All right. Beautiful. That'll take us into Saturday. Yeah, and three Saturday games this week, uh, the first of which is at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, and it's going to be Tampa Bay at Detroit here. It was an ugly, ugly first half for the Buccaneers against Atlanta. They were down multiple scores uh, at, at halftime. And, uh, of course, uh, as we have seen Tom Brady do before, he came back against the Falcons. 
And uh, I, I certainly think that you're starting Mike Evans, you're starting Chris Godwin, you're starting Antonio Brown against the Lions secondary that gave up a wide open, like 80 yard touchdown to Corey Davis. I, I think this is a fine spot to start all four of those pass catchers. I think you said Grant. Well, I'm including Gronkowski. Actually, you might not have mentioned him. But yes. I think this is a uh, good spot here for Fournette. If Jones stays out, Detroit allows a lot more against uh, running backs than the Falcons do. So I, I think fire up your Buccaneers all the way. Yeah, and in fact, uh, the Lions allow the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Uh it's really going to be tough. We'll see because in addition to being on the COVID list, we don't know if he's a high risk, close contact or if he actually contracted the virus, but Ronald Jones remains on the COVID list as of right now, Monday afternoon, as we're recording. And of course, don't forget he had that pinky surgery. Uh, so we're not entirely sure, you know, how, how healthy he is in addition to being on the COVID list. It's entirely possible that coaching and management knows that they can win this game without Ronald Jones. So why not keep him safe heading into the playoffs, right? It will be very interesting, but Fournette will definitely be among the running backs we discuss on the waiver wire section. On the other side here, uh, it sounds like Matt Stafford, uh, you know, he didn't suffer any setbacks, so he is expected to play again this week. Uh, Kenny Galladay, I really don't think they're going to activate him anytime soon. This was a lost year for him. Marvin Jones, you know, you're firing him up just because I think he's going to continue to get that volume, even in a slightly tougher matchup. We saw Calvin Ridley do just fine against the Bucks, And then how are you feeling about DeAndre Swift? It's a tough matchup on the ground, but he's getting a lot of passing down work too. Yeah, he's a back-end running back, too, here. It's still a 300 monster, which is about 60% dominated by DeAndre Swift. So I'm okay with starting him here in the tough Tampa Bay matchup, but, you know, just don't expect a super high ceiling. Yep, and uh, I am going to take Tampa Bay here. I will take Tampa Bay as well. Uh, just to toss in TJ Hawkinson is as good as any of the tight end one right now, despite I think he only had two catches this week, but that's, that's a good line for tight ends nowadays. Yeah. I mean, you probably don't have better options. Yeah. Not unless they're named Kelsey or Waller. Yeah. Uh, probably Andrews too, but yeah. I mean, you know, potato, potato. Exactly. <laughs> All right, the second of the Saturday games is the mid-afternoon start, 3.30 p.m. Central, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, San Francisco at Arizona. This is kind of like a technically a home game for both of them because San Francisco moved to oh, that right, arena. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting uh, to see you know how, how that goes. But uh, for the Niners, it sounds like Nick Mullins is questionable with an elbow injury that he suffered late against Dallas. So we, there's a possibility we could see C.J. Beather here. After all, they are mathematically eliminated now from the playoffs. So, you know, why not see what Beathard has? Mullins certainly is not the future here. And, you know, sadly, the same goes for George Kittle. He's probably droppable at this point. I really don't expect the Niners to risk playing their franchise tight end for, you know, when there's basically nothing on the line. That said, if he plays, I think you have to start him here. Uh, the, you know, we, we named tight ends who uh, aren't named Kelsey and uh, and Waller. If Kittle's playing, he's going to see the ball six plus times at the very least. I agree that you're starting him if he plays. However, I would still advise that if you've been holding on to Kittle just in case, I would drop him for, you know, one of, well, it'll be too late by the time you guys listen to this on Tuesday, right. but I would have dropped him for, you know, Snell or Gio Bernard or any of those guys playing tonight. I would sure. drop I would drop Kittle for a, a defense or a kicker or a QB streamer that you think, you know, could help your opponent. If Jalen Hurts is out there, he's in a ton of oh, leagues. No question. I would hundred percent drop Kittle for Jalen Hurts. Um, 
I mean, Tony Pollard, we'll, we'll get to all the waiver wire ads, but I don't think Kittle needs to be held because you're basically burning a roster space for a guy who I think is very unlikely to play. Sure. Elsewise, I think Brandon Ayuk comes as close as it gets to a wide receiver one again this week. And Jeff Wilson Jr. slots in nice as a flex. Yeah, I talked about Brandon Ayuk on Twitter last week as a top five wide receiver option for week 15. And he remains there with Debo Samuel out. He's just getting peppered with targets. And certainly this matchup doesn't scare you. Um, You mentioned Wilson. I think he is dealing with some hamstring and ankle injuries. So just keep an eye on that. But with Mostert out for sure, I I do think Wilson and McKinnon are both interesting flex options. Yep. On the Arizona side here, uh, Kyler Murray's running again, which is great for his fantasy mm-hmm. purposes. Uh, of course, increases that rushing floor and ceiling with that added production on the ground. I love Murray. I, I think I'm playing him. Los, would you agree with this? Over Aaron Rodgers against Tennessee this week? Yes, no question. All right. Yeah, I, I think he's back in that top three. Cannot bench, uh, you know, mode now that he's running again. Um, we're still seeing Kenyon Drake getting a ton of work. Certainly, the Niners are a little banged up on defense. They're still pretty good, but certainly not elite and not, uh, you know, not scaring you away from this matchup. Yeah, the only well, very nice four hundred yards, four touchdowns for Kyler Murray. The thing that does scare me in this matchup is that that Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds split that we saw, 11 carries for each of them. NFL teams really need to figure this crap crap out before we get to the playoffs. This is when we need to rely on our players, not have the coaching staffs figure out who the darn lead running back is. So I'm a little concerned uh, for Drake here, but San Francisco has not been uh, dreadful against running backs. So he's a back-end running back two, upside running back three. If you can find something else better, heck, Leonard Fournette, I'd start over him right here, but but uh, you're probably going to end up having to start Drake if you've made it here with him. Yeah, he's just really going to be touchdown dependent, but that ceiling is a little lower now that Murray's running again near the goal yep. line. Yep. Um, of course, you're starting Hopkins. For, uh, there's nothing yeah, to talk about there. Um, and nobody else. Yeah, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald had a, an excellent, a just amazing catch for a touchdown in the end zone, um, but you're certainly not relying on him. Yeah, Dan Arnold's put a lot of uh, games together with some touchdowns in them, but we're looking at two catch games. He could he could put up a, a goose egg for you quite easily. Yep, and the Niners secondary is fairly good against the tight end, so not expecting a huge day. I'm going to go with the Cardinals now that Kyler Murray is mobile. Yeah, I'm going to take Arizona. This should be a fun game, though. All right, so that brings us to the final Saturday game, Saturday Night Football, 7.15 p.m. Central, 8.15 p.m. Eastern. We've got Miami at the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, Tua put on a show against New England, even down his three top pass-catching options. (laughs) This kid looks legit. He certainly looks good, but the stats aren't there for you just yet from a fantasy aspect. So, you know, we love the player, but got to keep our eyes on the prize. Yeah, that being said, I don't think he's a terrible streaming option. I would consider starting to a Tungo Bailoa because the Raiders have been pretty awful on defense, especially if he gets Devontae Parker back healthy. See, as bad as they are, I just don't know that the utilization is going to be high enough. I see this game, Miami getting up quick, and I see them leaning on the running backs very early and and getting out of this one uh, in a jiff. This might be the uh, first game that, well, it's a Saturday game. It's going to be a quick Saturday night. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, that is something to keep in mind. And of course, speaking of the running back, Salvin Ahmed had a huge game against the Patriots. But we'll see if Miles Gaskin is back from the COVID list because that's going to throw a wrench in things. I think if Gaskin's back, I'm still starting him safely as a back end RB2 here. Did you, you're still starting Gaskin or Ahmed? If Gaskin is back, I'm starting Gaskin. If Gaskin is back, I mean, that's the way the season opened. Gaskin had the entirety of the backfield for starters. Then Ahmed got the entirety of the backfield. So I leaned. I, typically, coaching staff will not take the job away from a player because of injury. So I, I think I lean in agreement with you. Yep. And this isn't even injury. This is COVID. Uh, so, you know, he's not, yeah. he doesn't have soft True. tissue injuries or like knee concerns, stuff like that. As long as his lungs are okay, we're good to go. Lynn Bowden, I think, regardless, should be a PPR flex with upside just because of all the problems they're having at wide receiver. Yeah, um, although, like I said, if Parker's back, that kind of wears a little bit of luster off of uh, Lynn Bowden here. Um, On the Raiders' side, it'll be real interesting. Uh, They're saying there's a chance Derek Carr could be back, and if not, Marcus Mariota is an interesting streaming option if you're desperate only because of the rushing production. Yeah. This matchup is not what it was last week. Miami's going to have, have the tape on them for a week. Miami's a better defense than what they played. I would not start Mariota here. Yeah, like I said, um, I've got him listed as our final waiver option at quarterback, so we'll talk through those. But, you know, again, you know, the, that rushing production is so huge for quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, uh, elsewise on the team, Jacobs is a running back too. Waller's a lock. Aguilar is going to lead the team in targets, but I, I don't. I really don't expect a big day here versus Miami. I think we're going to see a lot of Mariota of old, and I don't mean the start of his career. I mean, you know, shortly thereafter, what he turned into. We're going to see a pumpkin again. Yeah, and that's for the same reason. I'm not super high on Josh Jacobs this week, um, just yeah. because if they fall behind early, we could see yep. more Booker, Jalen Richard in that pass catching role. Um, and I do expect, uh, you know, the the Dolphins to win here. So I'm gonna t- I am gonna take Miami. I'm taking Miami. Um, and just a quick note, uh, Darren Waller, you're starting him regardless of who the quarterback is. No question. No questions asked. All right. So finally, we move on to the Sunday games, of course, starting with the noon central 1 p.m. Eastern slate. Uh, the first game here is the Atlanta Falcons at the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, you're starting Calvin Ridley. If Julio plays, you're starting him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that about covers it. Matt Ryan was great, but that was one game playing well without Julio, so I'm not banking on that here. Um, If I can get away from Matt Ryan, there's no questions about me starting Jalen Hurts over Matt Ryan if he's sitting there. Uh, The Kansas City's defense is, is not terrible, and I'd avoid the running back situation completely. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk more about Hurts when we get to Philly, but uh, he's a top five quarterback option for me this week. Agreed. Yep. Um, But yeah, I mean, with the running back situation, too, it sounds like Ito Smith has, quote unquote, gotten the starting job now. Morris does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But either way, it's a committee, uh, and I don't really want any part of it against the Chiefs. Not whatsoever. On the Chiefs, uh, start everyone. Yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell's going to be there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be out for the rest of the fantasy season here. Um, So Bell is not going to give you a ton of upside against that Atlanta rushing defense. And I think Pat Mahomes is going to sling the ball around the field. He might have 400 yards here and five touchdowns. Yeah, I'm glad uh, I have Mahomes on one of my championship teams, and I'm very happy about that. I, I should be happy to settle into third place behind Pat Mahomes. I hope. 
people. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, I, I do I do like Le'Veon Bell as a RB2 option. He's going to get the volume yeah. with uh, CEH out. And we did see Leonard Fournette punch in two touchdowns against the Falcons. Now, we do need to see if Bell is going to be hobbled at all. He, he did go down twice in the game, once at that end of the game. So uh, if he's out, Damian Williams is the next man up. But uh, no, no, he's not. Uh, Daryl Williams. Yep. So confusing. Daryl Williams. Williams. <laughs> Williams would be the next man up. But uh, I, I expect Bell to be back and just fine. Yep. Lock of the week here. Give me the Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs. And the next game, maybe not so much of a lock. Uh, Cleveland at the New York Jets. Uh, Of course, we'll get to the Jets in just a second, but the Browns handling their business against the Giants last night. Uh, Slightly, you know, a quieter night for Nick Chubb, but you're still starting him here. Um, And then I don't know about Kareem Hunt. I I just don't know how much work he's going to get. We saw that the outlier game against Baltimore in that shootout, but you know, when it's a fairly normal game script, when it's not a shootout, Hunt just isn't that involved. If you can get away from him, I would. Uh, Landry is saying plenty flex-worthy volume here. How weird is it? I, you know, I realize that New, uh, Cleveland is playing back-to-back games in New Jersey. How often do you think that happens? Uh, not to mention Cleveland just played two primetime games because they're legit contenders. Yeah. Jeez, Cleveland getting back in business. Yeah, 2020. And, you know, despite what we saw, you know, uh, with the Jets really giving the Rams a a lot of trouble on the offensive line, I do think one, the Browns offensive line is healthier right now. Mm -hmm. And two, they may, the Jets may be missing Quinn and Williams, their best pass rusher. So if he's out, I I like Baker Mayfield as a streamer and I don't mind Austin Hooper either. Yeah. Agreed on both counts. All right. On the Jets side here, of course, they probably played themselves out of uh, the Trevor sweepstakes. But, uh, you know, this is not a dynasty centric show, so we won't go into that right now. Let's just talk about this week's matchup. And for this week, really, I I just trust Jameson Crowder. If you're desperate for somebody, Um, you know, Frank Gore and Ty Ty Johnson, they're both. If you're desperate, I guess, but I'd rather not touch them against the Browns. Yeah, for me, it's just Gore as, as you know, a deep running back three. If you just need some steady numbers, um, I'm not excited about it. He's not going to win you a championship, but I also don't see him losing it for you. Yeah, again, you know, if you're in like a 16-team league, maybe 14 teams, you're, you're really hard up with injuries, then perhaps. But give me the Browns. I will take the Browns. All right, next game up. This one should be a very good one. A lot of playoff implications uh, attached to this matchup here. The Indianapolis Colts at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, both of them right in the thick of the playoff race, and the Colts look good. Their defense is stiffening up. Uh, they really managed to stop Houston despite all of Deshaun Watson's efforts there. Phillip Rivers has been excellent, and with you know all the injuries to the Steelers' defense, I don't hate him. No, I don't at all. He's been uh, coming through lately. He's been playing very well. I think this team uh, is is going to keep on rolling here. Yeah, and he did not make our top uh, QB options just because, you know, the Steelers' pass rush is still pretty tough, but uh, I, I wouldn't mind starting him at all. Of course, Jonathan Taylor faces a tougher matchup here against that Steelers' defensive line, but it's hard to bench him at this point given all the volume he's starting to get late in the season. I don't think he could bench him, but he's he's a middling running back, too. He's not going to put up, you know, running back one type numbers here, I don't think. Uh, T.Y. Hilton stays in play, but just a flex versus this Pittsburgh secondary. I'd avoid the rest of the team. I, I really don't expect to see much of Naeem Hines here. 
Yep, agreed. I think this is going to be a run-heavy approach from the Colts. And on the Steelers' side here, we'll see how they look tonight. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who, by the way, I need uh, him to score less than two points to make it to the finals in one in one matchup. I'm not I'm not holding my breath there, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that's basically one catch because he's not going to catch the ball enough times to give you a fumble. That's for sure. But. If you recall, there was a game, I think it was last year or two years ago, where A.J. Green had one catch, and on that catch, she got hit hard, fumbled the ball, and then was out the rest of the game. Yeah, that could happen. That's that's something that could happen, Jerry. I'm just saying it's 2020, but yeah, I, I certainly don't <laughs> expect to win that matchup. Um, but the Steelers, you know, we'll see if James Conner is able to play next week. Right now, uh, for tonight, it sounds like Benny Snell is the quote-unquote starter, although I'm sure it'll still be some sort of committee here as the Steelers have done when Connor is out. Uh, and it's hard to trust Connor or Snell, even if, you know, one of them's out, right? Yeah. Indianapolis is stingy. I actually would have advised against starting any of the running backs and I'm sticking with just Juju Smith Schuster and Deontay Johnson. Um, as long as he doesn't have many drops this evening, I, I think the top scorer on the team might even be Eric Ebron. Um, Indianapolis just allowed uh, Jordan Aikens 50 plus, I think 60 yards uh, to Jordan Aikens. So this is the spot to attack this team. And Ebron does show uh, weeks where he can really get it done. We'll see. That's if he doesn't drop those passes. Right. Well, hey, you know, it's, that's, that's the problem on this team right now. But yeah, certainly monitor the Steelers tonight for any new injuries or issues. Uh, but as of right now, I think I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts. All right, next game. Uh, this will be another interesting one. Carolina at Washington. Uh, I don't know about this matchup either, but it, it was a tough, tough game for the offense uh, against Green Bay. And Washington's defense is probably better than Green Bay's. So I would, uh, I would definitely temp temper my expectations for all the Carolina options if McCaffrey's out. Uh, you know, if McCaffrey's active, you, you certainly can't bench him. No, certainly not. He's going to see the ball a ton. If they are going out of their way to activate him and put him in the game, they're going to use him. That's what he's there for. Otherwise, just keep him on the bench. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect him to play here, I, I, you know, I, unless you've heard otherwise. No, just in my thoughts and prayers. <laughs> there you go. Uh, my thoughts and prayers see uh, Mike Davis is running back three. A very low ceiling play for Bridgewater. All three of the wide receivers are in play with very limited upside here. Yeah, I mean, the luster's kind of worn off Mike Davis, yep. too. We're seeing Rodney Smith yep. get involved, especially on the passing downs. So really just to flex, I mean, Davis is still the preferred guy. I mean, he'll get those goal line touches more than likely than not. But yep. certainly not excited about starting him if McCaffrey is out. On the Washington side here, we'll see if Alex Smith can come back from that calf injury. Uh, right now, it sounds like it's 50-50. But the good thing is, even with Dwayne Haskins under center, we saw great things for J.D. McKissick and Logan Thomas. Yeah, somewhat surprisingly, J.D. McKissick outcarried Peyton Barber 13 to 4. I'm not surprised because I think McKissick's more, you know, more more talented, but Barber usually just get a bit gets a bit more of the uh, carries load. So McKissick's a, a strong running back to play here, I think, with with of course that PPR upside and other 10 targets. Thomas is as locked in as as it gets right now, and of course you're playing Terry McLaurin. Yeah, and you know, all that said, if you're absolutely desperate in deep, deep leagues, Peyton Barber punched in a touchdown against Seattle. Still getting I that goal line work. Uh, three weeks in a row or just two? 
Yeah, so you know, if you need those six points uh, and you want to gamble on <laughs> on Barber, and, and again, this is in very deep leagues, you know, yeah. he he does have a little bit of upside. I'd probably yeah. play Gore over Barber though. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But yeah. uh, it was good to see too. Terry McLaurin still had twelve targets, converted yeah. seven for seventy-seven. Um, yeah, I was oh, scared with Dwayne Haskins taking the helm, but we're okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know about this one. I, I'm taking Carolina, but I don't feel confident about it. The same thing. I don't feel good about it. Dwayne Haskins could give this game away, but I am going to take Washington. All right. Uh, the next game up here, Chicago at Jacksonville. David Montgomery has been a league winner, and I expect nothing to change here against an awful Jaguars run defense. Uh, Mitch Trubisky isn't the worst streamer, but again, the risk here is that it is another very run-heavy game, especially if the Bears jump out to a lead early in this one. Uh, but you know, beyond that, you're starting Allen Robinson. Uh, Cole Komet's an okay streaming option, uh, as is Darnell Mooney if you're desperate. See, I think I'd wait on Cole Komet here. I, I think 2021 is going to be his year, but we saw the uptick in production for him, but just two targets this past week. Uh, I'd look elsewhere. Yep. Again, the danger of Trubisky and Komet is if this turns into, you know, a, a big lead by the second quarter, right? Yep. Yep. Um, on the Jacksonville side here, don't feel great about starting Gardner Minshew, but he has re-injected some life into DJ Shark and LaVisca Chanel. Yeah, not touching anybody against Chicago. It's just James Robinson, but Robinson did go down in this past week. We'll have to see if he suits up, if he's healthy, ready to go. If not, I'm not touching anybody on Jacksonville. Yeah, it sounds like it's a high ankle sprain, so he's probably going to miss at least yep. this week. Um, it sounds like Dare Ogumidawale and Divine Ozigbo are going to be the next men up, but uh, don't love either of them. No, not enough scoring upside on this team, I don't think. So So I would I would look elsewhere. I just see some garbage time potential for Shark and Chenault here. That's uh, that's the reason I would consider them as those boom bust flex options. I've just I've just been burned too many times, but I'll I'll leave it be. Fair enough. Uh, I am going to take the Bears. <laughs> yeah, go Bears. All right. Next game up here is going to be the Giants at the Ravens. Of course, uh, it does sound like as of right now, we could see Daniel Jones back. They wanted to hold him out this past week, get that ankle and the hamstring to 100%. So as of right now, uh, we are expecting Jones back. But of course, I don't know how much that means against Baltimore here. I I guess Evan Ingram uh, becomes a better play with Jones. And I guess... You know, Gallman was splitting a lot of carries, a lot of work with Alfred Morris, so he's really just a flex at this point. Yeah, I don't think we're touching Gallman against Baltimore. Gallman has been trending down. He handled not just nine of the 21 running back opportunities, so he doesn't even have 50% of the looks here. Uh, I don't care who's at quarterback. Uh, Ingram is a back-end tight end one, more of a tight end two picture, really, to me. Um, I'm doing my best to avoid New York here. Yeah, really, it's just Ingram uh, yeah. that I like. Yep. On the Baltimore side here, uh, it is worth noting, though, that the Giants defense uh, has been playing pretty well overall. Uh, So I don't expect a huge game, but (laughs) excuse me, but you're certainly not benching Lamar Jackson. Um, And then the running back situation is interesting as well. Mark Ingram was a surprising healthy scratch against Jacksonville. If that happens again, then I like Dobbins as a, you know, mid range RB2 and Gus Edwards as a touchdown dependent flex or RB3. Took it right out of my mouth. Andrews is locked in. You rolling the dice on Hollywood Brown here? Probably not. I mean, if you've made it to the championship week, I would hope you have better options at wide receiver. 
Yeah. Here's the crazy question that, uh, that, that I, I was pondering. So, Lamar Jackson has looked great past three weeks. He's finished uh, either within or just about at the top five. He he's come back alive. He's given you what you drafted. Finally, if you're still alive in the playoffs, do you pick up Jalen hurts and start him instead? Yes. Against Dallas. I would. (laughs) Good gracious. Uh, uh, Yeah. That's the question to answer. I don't think I would, but uh, that's a, it's a coin flip. I think. I think Hertz has a high enough floor uh, with the rushing production. And I think against that Cowboys secondary, his ceiling is higher too. Yeah. For me, it's just that pass game in, uh, in, in uh, Philadelphia just has not excited me at all this year, but maybe it's all Wentz's fault. Maybe Hertz is really the answer. I mean, you, you don't really need a whole lot to uh, to take a, to take down Dallas, you know? No, you certainly don't. You certainly don't. All right. Back to this one. I'm taking Baltimore at home. Yep, we'll uh, we'll sweep that one. Lock. Cincinnati at Houston is going to be the next game here. We'll see tonight how Ryan Finley does against the Steelers defense. My guess is going to be not too hot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, all these options are interesting because Houston's defense is so hurt with Bradley Roby out in the secondary. They've really struggled. I mean, how do you feel about, you know, Higgins, Boyd, A.J. Green as, you know, garbage time PPR options? How do you feel about Giovanni Bernard maybe against that Texans run defense? Yeah, I really have to see how they play tonight. Um, I'm not excited by it because I'm sure something will go somewhere. I just don't feel confident in saying where it's going to go. Yards are going to happen. A score or two is going to happen. But right now, I, I just don't like it. Yeah, kind of like we know there's going to be garbage time, but then, yeah. you know, for the Jaguars garbage time against the Ravens this past week, it was Chris Conley who caught the touchdown. Right. It could be Drew Sample. So, you know, if you're desperate, we do have A.J. Green on the waiver wire list. But again, it, it really depends on your options. Hopefully you're not relying on any of these guys. And again, we'll see how the backfield shakes out in terms of touches tonight. But whoever is projected to get the most touches does have some upside against the Texans here. It's true. That is not a very good defense. All right. On the Texan side here, you're starting Deshaun Watson as a top five guy here. He's been excellent. And the Bengals secondary has not. Uh, David Johnson is an RB one. If Duke Johnson's out again, 11 receptions. I mean, that's insane. Where did that come from? I mean, uh, you know, we, we, we saw it coming. If Duke Johnson was out the whole year, David Johnson could have been a league winner. That's true. Uh, I'm not betting on it twice, but, uh, you know, to have that much upside, but certainly playing him right here, certainly playing him here against Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a clear top 12, top 10 running back. If Duke Johnson's out. Yeah, certainly, certainly in starters territory, not certainly not outside of it. I think QT has a solid floor here. And I think cooks is, is locked uh, is, is locked in. Yep. If you're desperate, Chad Hansen, but, uh, you know, hopefully you're not relying on guys like that in week 16. I don't think they need him here. Yeah, again, just covering all our bases. We know some of you guys are in deeper leagues, so worth mentioning some of these names. I'm going to take Houston. No, I mean, I don't think Houston needs him here. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Well, either way, I mean, if you're desperate, he has scored a touchdown in a couple weeks back-to-back. Correct. All right, I'll take Houston at home. All right, so that moves us to the Sunday mid-afternoon games, starting with Denver at the L.A. Chargers here. Uh, I mean, you're not relying on Drew Locke in one quarterback leagues, and uh, I don't know how much you trust anybody. Maybe Tim Patrick and Noah Fant are the only two guys. 
It's not even Tim Patrick for me anymore. It's just Noah Fant and maybe Melvin Gordon. All right. Uh, I don't have a whole lot more to say about Denver here. Um, On the Chargers side here, again, this Denver secondary has been absolutely gutted by injury and then A.J. Boye getting suspended. I love Drew Herbert again this week. Uh, I like Austin Eckler. He, He did get vultured at the goal line, but I still like Eckler here. Um, and same with Keenan Allen, of course. I, I know the hamstring injury was a huge deal, and he said pregame that don't you know don't sit him, but uh, ten days to recover. How terrible! <laughs> what? Yeah, I, yeah. Move. <laughs> I don't know if that was him being uh, you know being a dick to fantasy GMs, or if he was telling you know yelling at his coach or something to know to not sit him. But after ten days of rest, I do feel fairly confident, at least a lot more confident than last week in starting Allen. Yeah, I, I think all the ones you mentioned here are totally fine. Um, I don't see the need for the team to use uh, to rely on Mike Williams much here. Um, I don't think they're going to have to do any deep shots in a comeback. I don't see garbage time playing towards the L.A. passing game. So, um, I, Plus, I don't see him being fully healthy here. So I'm not playing Mike Williams this week. Yeah, it's really a toss-up between him and Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, but I certainly like my Tyron Johnson call from last week. I'll say that. Yeah, hopefully you had the guts to to uh, go along with us there. Unfortunately, uh, right at game time when they were like, oh, yeah, we're all going to play limited. I, I just didn't see the math adding up for him getting enough uh, snaps right pregame, so, uh, so I didn't play him. So I missed out. Oh, that's all right. Hopefully you still... Got the W in that league. No, no, you know no, I didn't. No, no, no. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> My condolences. Uh, it is that time of year. But uh, all that being said, I'm going to take the Chargers. Hey, give me the Chargers. Next game up, the Eagles at the Cowboys with your boy Jalen Hurts on fire. I mean, man, if he had started back in you know week four, week five, he, he'd be in the conversation for rookie of the year. He certainly would be. Um, we've had a lot of exciting rookie quarterbacks. Uh, two less exciting, but more effective. Uh, looking good. Herbert, extremely exciting. Hurts, lighting the league on fire. Um, these pre-draft analysts this year, I think, really sort of missed the mark because Herbert and Hurts got nothing but crap in the uh, pre-draft uh, community and everything. But they're, they're certainly looking, uh, at the very least, like fantasy-relevant quarterbacks, but I think even more. Yeah, and we'll see about Jordan Love. Uh, the jury's still out on him, but yeah. so maybe we'll have to wait another year or two on that one. But I'll as tell you I what, said, I am glad that uh, the Packers went with him and not one of those other guys. Yeah, that's true. Well, for now, right? You never know. No one was excited about Aaron Rodgers when they drafted him with Favre there. That's a good point. So we'll see. But back to Philadelphia here. Uh, as I said before, Jalen Hurts, a top five quarterback for me this week. Uh, I think you're starting him. And if he's out there on the waiver wire, you need to add him so your opponent doesn't get to start him. Completely agree. As for the rest of the team, Sanders is a must go. Hurts is opening the field up for him. Uh, as far as the pass catchers go, though, it's Dallas Goddard. That's the only one I'm really touching. I mean, I don't know. Hurts, or excuse me, not Hurts, but Ertz. <laughs> so many Jalen's and Ertz and Hurts on this right. team. Um, but it sounds like Jalen Rager is going to be out with a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could open up some more targets. Ertz already saw seven targets, just one behind Goddard. I, I do think he's a viable tight end play. Yeah, just two catches, though. I know he had the 70 yards, but it, I guess in the tight end landscape, sure, I'll call him viable, but. Uh, I don't know. I think there's better options. I take okay. him over Cole Komet. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. I also don't hate Greg Ward. Um, depending on your options with Rager out, it seems like he's the preferred guy that Hertz is looking to in the red zone. Two touchdowns against Car- uh, Cardinals, excuse me. Um, certainly not a safe option, but he's right. in that boomer bust wide receiver four, and he's got upside against Dallas. If you like rolling the dice, there it is. Yep. On the Dallas side here, I do expect the Cowboys to hold their own. So this could be another exciting shootout like it was this past week with the Eagles. Uh, I don't hate Andy Dalton. He's not in our streaming options, but he's okay in, you know, super flex two QB leagues. If Ezekiel Elliott is out again, it does sound like, you know, the report we got earlier today is that he could be back this week. But if he's out, Tony Pollard is a must start RB2. And if he's back, I don't really like playing either of them. I guess you got to play Zeke if he's back, but you're, you're seeing that low ceiling up, uh, that low ceiling we've seen the past uh, half a season. Yeah, I, I don't know that you need to play Zeke even if he's right. back because even before he was out, he was splitting the work with Pollard 50 50, right. and that just kind of cannibalizes all, both of their fantasy values. And for the secondary, uh, the secondary Philadelphia definitely has holes. If you survived Amari Cooper's game this past week, he may bounce back and win you the week here. Um, Otherwise, he's probably going to help you secure third place. Uh, This really depends because if Darius Slay is playing, I do not like Amari Cooper at all. Cooper's really struggled against Slay in the past, and I just I don't see him getting it done. All right. I'm going to go with the red hot Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, give me Philadelphia mostly because I don't I don't see Dallas tracking down uh, Jalen Hurts on the ground just yet. Maybe next year. All right, the next game, uh, really interesting. This is going to be a battle for the NFC West. The Rams at the Seahawks. Both of these teams have looked very mortal uh, in recent weeks. Of course, Seattle losing to the Giants, and then the Rams just losing to the Jets. Man, uh, I don't even know what to say about that. But uh, I guess if Cam Akers is healthy, you're still starting him. Uh, same with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Maybe Tyler Higby as well. He did have his second best game of the year against Seattle a few weeks back, but uh, it's hard to trust Jerry Goff at all. Yeah, Akers did turn in uh, 18 of the 22 running back opportunities, so still dominating that backfield. Um, Cup and Woods are all systems go. Higby popped up, like you said, uh, like the end of last year. Well, he became the tight end one in the final three weeks. Not quite doing that right here. Um, I'm I'm avoiding him until Everett's either off this team out of the lineup. It's just too much of a split. That, that same production could have gone to Everett. It just happened to be Higby here. All right. On the Seattle side, uh, I don't love Russell Wilson here. He's been fairly quiet the last few weeks. Uh, they really, I mean, the, the let Russ cook of the early part of the season seems to have cooled off a little bit. So they're still giving him opportunities, but he's just not looking that great. Um, DK Metcalf, that's going to be a really interesting one because I know the start your studs crowd is going to be starting him. And I think I'm benching him against Jalen Ramsey, who he didn't do anything against the last time these two teams played. We okay. So Wilson has not been great. I'm typically a start your studs guy, but um, LA plays him very tough. There's no two ways about it. I'm looking elsewhere. If I'm a, if I'm a Russell Wilson uh, uh, manager right now, if Hertz is sitting there, there if that's a no brainer. If some of our other streamers are there, that you've got a real question on your hands. That's for sure. I'd lean towards playing Metcalf, but I'd lean away from playing Lockett. Uh, he's been very up and down. I expect him to be down this week. I I don't really like any of the Seahawks. I mean, the last time they played the Rams, Russell Wilson, less than 10 fantasy points. Yeah. Um, DK Metcalf, two catches for 28 yards. 
I yeah, I mean it's it's a committee now with Carson and Hyde and Penny, and I don't love any of the Seahawks. Yeah, I expect them to get it done. I expect them to take the win, but I don't see them winning New Year Fantasy Week here. I don't see them winning Jack. I'm going with the Rams here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll be another spot for me to uh, make a point on you. We'll see. I, I, I think really like I'm not a, I'm not an expert on offensive line play at all, but I really do think that was the matchup that sunk the Rams. And I just don't see the Seahawks putting that kind of pressure on golf. Yeah. But what was the matchup that just had the Rams lose to the jets? Come on. Fair enough, but uh, we'll see. Well, I guess we'll see when it's all said and done in a few days. Mm -hmm. All right. That brings us to Sunday night football, Tennessee at Green Bay. This is another tough one. Um, Great teams on both sides. This is going to be a big battle, uh, an AFC team versus an NFC team here. Tennessee, of course, you're starting Derrick Henry. Uh, Mike Davis struggled against that run defense, but the Packers still can't stop the run. And Derrick Henry could very well go for 200 yards here in a game where it's expected to be, you know, below freezing. This is going to be a fun game. Um, the these uh, They really got uh, this primetime game correct for this week. Uh, you, didn't like, this you didn't like the Browns against the Giants last night? I mean, I didn't dislike it, but... What's better than Ter- Derrick Henry in uh, a winter football on Sunday night? I mean, it, it really doesn't get that much better. Uh, Tannehill, Henry, Brown, Davis, lock them in. I, I'd still avoid Janu here. Way too inconsistent in the past eight weeks. Um, not really a name I'm considering, but but Titans are Titans are rolling. Um, here they go. I actually kind of see this matchup. And by the way, Ryan Tannehill has been very underrated. Uh, he's yeah. been excellent both in fantasy and real life. But uh, this is how I would see the matchup going. I do think they're going to put Jair Alexander and AJ Brown. So that's going to limit him a little bit. Sure. Um, which could actually be better for Corey Davis here. Yeah, um, absolutely. Again, you're certainly not benching Brown. Depends on your other options. But I don't love him this week. Oh, no, but Brown, at any given play, he could catch the ball, throw Alexander to the floor, and then run for 80 yards. That's yep. that's just the kind of plays he makes. Yeah, so certainly, again, like I said, it really kind of depends on your options with guys like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic on Brown than Metcalf, though. Yeah, I agree there. Okay. On the Packers side here, I do think it's a great matchup for Aaron Rodgers. He's in that top 10 QB range. Um I like Aaron Jones a lot. If Jamal Williams is out, uh, he had a thigh injury against the Panthers and we saw that Aaron Jones was a workhorse with Williams out. Hopefully you survived down days from Rogers and Adams. Um, they have both have league, uh, league winning upside for you here Sunday night. Um, again, if, like you said, if Williams is hobbled, that opens the door for Aaron Jones. Uh, Montel, uh, MVS showed us exactly why to avoid him, uh, giving us a zero catch day, while Tunyon added another touchdown to his uh, to his total. So I think he's good to go here as well. All right, so I've got a couple for you on Rogers here. Okay, Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. Aaron Rodgers or Jalen Hurts? Tennessee's defense is not very good. Rodgers is going to come to play. I would, I would lean Aaron Rodgers. I would. Okay. I, I think I'm taking Murray, then Hurts, then Rodgers. Yeah. 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 It's close. It's not yeah. a slam dunk, but... I could, but yeah, I, I don't, you know what? I don't think you go wrong either way. I mean, I think both are going to have 25 plus point totals for you, honestly. Um, but, but I would, I would lean on the 
quote unquote sure thing of of Rogers rather than the the maybe and the high upside of Hertz. All right, so I think this could be a very dominant game on the ground with it being you know sub freezing, and I think that's a game that Tennessee mm-hmm. wants, and I'm going to call the upset for Tennessee here. Darn it. I thought you were going to take Green Bay. So <laughs> I'm not going to pick Green Bay just for the sake of it. So, yeah, give me Derrick Henry to run him out of town in their own city. Yeah, and you, you want to know what the crazy thing is? Um, and, you know, I'm clearly biased as a Brady fan, but there is a small percentage chance of the Bucks still being able to secure the number one seed in the NFC. Wow, yeah, look at that math. There you Very go. small. I don't expect it to happen, but it's there, and uh, that's another reason I'll be rooting for Tennessee. There you go. I, that would certainly be huge for the Buccaneers if they could make that happen. Yeah, but, I mean, they got to worry about winning their own games first. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and maybe that's why I'm biased about, uh, you know, going with the Vikings this week, too. I don't know. Yeah. That... <laughs> Just clearing the path for you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Why watch it all blow up in my face? Just that's yeah, okay. Uh, but all right, let's move on to the Monday night football game. Um, Buffalo at New England. This will be another fun one, but not as fun as in years past because I don't expect a whole lot of resistance from the Patriots here. Uh, they're eliminated from the playoffs, and I expect Buffalo to just kind of, you know, not put the nail in the coffin because that's already done, but kind of just rubbing <laughs> their faces even more with another win here. Uh, love Josh Allen, especially if Stephon Gilmore is out. Doesn't sound like his knee injury or hamstring, whatever it was, was very severe but he could still miss this week so we'll see about that one um certainly likes stefan Diggs more if gilmore is out and then you know i think you're starting cole beasley regardless as a wide receiver three with upside totally agree allen's been awesome i don't see getting away from him hopefully Diggs is all systems go beasley's a go if Diggs is not um i i think you can go on i, I think gabe davis at the very least has flex upside here the running backs are all uh nose for me though yeah, I mean, I think someone's going to score a touchdown here. I just don't yeah. know if it's going to be Moss or Singletary. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, it depends on your other running back options. Uh, and I will note that for Stefan Diggs, there's very little concern at this point. So he, yeah. it sounds like somebody stepped on his foot, so he'll be good. We'll talk about it more on the injury section. Shouldn't do that. Not very nice. Yeah. On the Patriots side here, uh, I mean, if you're super desperate, I guess you can go with Cam and hoping no. for garbage time, but I would no. not. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Damian Harris is going to play. If he's not, Michelle's not the worst option, but I I certainly don't love him. And uh, it sounds like Julian Edelman might be back this week, but I don't want to play any of these pass catchers. I don't want to touch the Patriots. The most important question of this game, in my opinion, is Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts? I don't think I can bench Josh Allen given what we've seen. Right. That's, that's exactly where I'm sitting. I, I, I just can't do it. So, mm-hmm. so it's Josh Allen for me, which yes, puts Josh Allen over, uh, over Aaron Rodgers. That's pretty definitive for me. Um, but uh, I, I, I mean, nobody's answering this question probably, but Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. Uh, here, I'll, I'll break down my, my rankings as of right now. I, I think for this week, one is Mahomes. Okay. Two is Murray. Yep. Three is Allen. Yeah. And I think Hertz is four for me. Okay. Well, that's how high I have him. Play that waiver wire. Hope you saved a couple fab bucks. Yeah. So, you know, with all that being said, uh, Buffalo. 
And all of an extra uh, remind. Yes, I'll take Buffalo. All of an extra rem- reminder as to why you need to play keep away, keep Jalen Hurts off your opponent's team because. Unless he has one of those uh, three guys we have above him, you need to keep points away from them. Yeah, and you know we'll talk about it more on the waiver wire section. But Brandon Ayuk's only at like eighty percent rostership. Um, Crazy. I, I don't what, care. What if you have, <laughs> I don't care if you have Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, and like Julio Jones or Allen Robinson. Like you still got to add uh, Brandon right. Ayuk unless it's like a six-team league or something. You got to do it. Come on. Get, would you just finally cut Todd Gurley? Come on, wake up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of players you can cut because if you're not planning on starting this week, they're not doing you any good on the bench. You know, stash defenses, kickers that you don't want to see your opponents start against you. Uh, there's no reason to hold some of these guys if, if you have good, solid starting options. Certainly not. Just don't get too crazy if it's a keeper league. You got to you oh, gotta sure. put this in context, kids. Come yeah. on. All right, you want to run us through the uh, the COVID list here? Yes, sir. So uh, just a couple on the COVID list right now. Ronald Jones, we don't actually know whether he was uh, a co- close contact or if he contracted the virus. So hopefully we'll know more sooner rather than later this week. Um, he's got five days to get ready, ready from now. Uh, Miles Gaskin could return this week if he tests negative two days in a row. And then wide receiver Henry Ruggs sounds like he was just the high-risk close contact and did not actually contract the virus. So he should be good to go, assuming he tests negative going forward. Yep, and that brings us to our injury section. Uh, starting with the quarterbacks, we've got Derek Carr with that groin strain. He's questionable, but it does sound like Carr could return this week, depending on how quickly that groin's healing. Monitor his practice status this week. We've got Alex Smith with a calf strain. He is questionable as well. We'll see if Smith can get some practices in. Washington declared that he is still the starter when healthy. So as long as that NFC East title is still within reach, which it very well is, um, although Philadelphia is coming in hot. Um, We'll see if Alex Smith is back. Daniel Jones, another NFC East guy, ankle and hamstring injuries. He's questionable, but it does sound like the Giants held him out against Cleveland in hopes that he would get close to 100% for this week's game against Baltimore. So as long as Jones can get some practices in late by, or excuse me, by late this week, expect them to play. Nick Mullins with an elbow injury. He's questionable. He kind of banged it into a, a defender's helmet as he was trying to throw. So we'll see how he's feeling in a couple days. But Mullins wasn't exactly good to begin with. So there is a chance that we could see the Niners ha- take a look at C.J. Beathard now that they have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. And finally, Brandon Allen with a knee contusion. He is questionable. Uh, he is out tonight with Ryan Finley starting in place of Allen. So we'll see how Finley does against the Steelers. Again, probably not great. Uh, but none of these Cincinnati skill position players are reliable. But there is some upside against a struggling Houston defense if we see that uh, Ryan Finley can at least keep the offense kind of moving down the field. As for the running backs, Cam Akers with the ankle injury, questionable right now. He left early and returned to the game versus the Jets, but was largely ineffective. We'll see how he's looking in practice this week to determine his status. He should play, but if he's not 100%, that could make Akers a risky fantasy start with a low floor and ceiling. Ezekiel Elliott, questionable with the calf injury. It sounds like Zeke may have aggravated whatever injury he tried to play through two weeks ago, and his practice status late in the week will be an indicator of whether he can return. Stay tuned for updates on Elliott later this week. 
Cowboys have shown us they can make split-second decisions just before game time, so keep an eye on it. Josh Jacobs with a knee-slash-ankle injury, questionable right now. He was able to return to the game, but was playing through the knee and the ankle. There's no serious risk yet of Jacobs uh, missing this week with 10 days to rest up, but we'll see how much practice he gets uh, late in the week. James Robinson, doubtful with a high ankle sprain. Robinson will likely need at least a week or two to recover, and that's if the sprain was relatively minor. Championship teams should expect to make other plans at running back this week. Clyde Edwards-Alaire with hip injury, hip injury doubtful. There's optimism that CEH could return for the NFL playoffs in a few weeks, but it's extremely unlikely he'll play Week 16. Hopefully your championship rosters weren't relying on him anyways. Raheem Mostert, doubtful with the ankle injury. It seems like Mostert aggravated the high ankle sprain from a few weeks ago that he tried to play through. With San Fran out of playoff contention, there's no reason for the Niners to rush him back this week. Jeff Wilson Jr., questionable with ankle and hamstring soreness. With Mostert already likely out, Wilson could see significant work versus Arizona this week if he plays. If not, we could come full circle back to Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon from earlier this year. Duke Johnson Jr. with a neck injury, questionable. It doesn't sound too serious, but neck injuries can be tricky. Hopefully no one is starting Duke anyways, but his uh, status could impact Dave Johnson's workload, who was a true workhorse versus Indianapolis with Duke out with 11 receptions for 106 yards. Very nice day. Jamal Williams with the thigh, questionable. Like with Duke Johnson, Williams is fantasy relevant in that Aaron Jones could be a workhorse again like he was versus Carolina if Williams misses this week. Keep an eye on his status. Chris, Christian McCaffrey, questionable with the quad. He suffered the injury during practice two weeks ago and has yet to return to practice. A lot's going to depend on how he feels and whether he can get a few practices in by Thursday or Friday. Keep an eye on his status closely. Ronald Jones with a pinky fracture, probable. If Jones makes it back from the COVID list, he could play after undergoing surgery last week, though the recovering finger could put him at greater risk of fumbling and drops, lowering his fantasy floor and sailing even if active this week versus Detroit. Antonio Gibson, toe sprain questionable. We'll see how Gibson's toe is doing this week. He returned to individual drills last week, but still needs to show he can make it through a full practice or two. Keep an eye on his practice participation here. Joe Mixon on the IR with a foot injury. He's yet to practice, and with Cincy out of contention, there's really no reason for them to risk their franchise running back. Mixon can be dropped in all but the deepest of redraft leagues. And Devontae Freeman on the IR with a hamstring. He's eligible to return, so we'll see if and when the Giants allow him to start practicing but we'll have to see if he actually makes it back this week and kicking it off at wide receiver of course we've got michael thomas with a high ankle sprain he's on ir thomas has been bothered by this ankle all year since missing games early in the season it's been a disappointing 2020 for sure for him and sadly he won't be helping any teams in the fantasy championship he can be dropped Stefan Diggs with a foot injury. He is probable. Sounds like Diggs just got his foot stepped on by a cleat. So this is a case of being more hurt than truly injured. There's little worry of him missing week 16 as of right now. Keenan Allen, hamstring strain, probable. If you survived Keenan Allen's awful week 15 showing where he barely played half the snaps, he's a slightly less risky start in week 16 after getting 10 days to heal. Monitor Allen's practice status this week, but the best sign would be a full practice or two by late in the week. Jalen Rager with a high ankle sprain. He is doubtful. He's probably out for at least a week or two, and that's if the injury is on the minor side. Hopefully your playoff teams are relying on his iffy production regardless. Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant, both with hamstring strains, both questionable. 
We'll see if one or both of these Miami wide receivers can return to practice this week. It's hard to predict with these soft tissue injuries, so monitor both of them closely over the next few days. Mike Williams with a back injury, he's probable. Uh, he did play last week but didn't do much, so hopefully you're not relying on him anyway, but monitor his status closely this week. Julio Jones with a hamstring injury, he is questionable. There haven't really been any updates on Julio, but hopefully he can start practicing by midweek monitor his status over the next few days. Michael Gallup with a hip strain, he's questionable. We'll see if he can go this week. Hopefully no championships, again, are relying on guys like him. But his absence could mean more targets for Cooper, Lamb, or Schultz, so still a situation worth staying on top of. Kenny Galladay with a hip injury, he's questionable, but probably not. He supposedly suffered a setback a couple weeks ago, and we really just have yet to hear of any positive updates on Galladay. I guess he's worth stashing and holding for one more week, uh, depending on how deep your bench is, but it really sounds like the Lions are ready to shut him down at this point in a lost year, so certainly not worth holding, uh, depending on your roster needs. John Brown with a high ankle sprain. He's on IR. Uh, he could get activated this week, but even if he plays, there is a possibility he could be on a snap count in his first game back. He's a high-risk flex if he plays. Julian Edelman, he's recovering from that knee surgery, still on IR, but it sounds like the Patriots are expecting him back this week. But again, your roster would need to be in a real bind at wide receiver to trust Edelman in his first game back for the fantasy championships. Certainly not excited to try that. Uh, as, for, as for tight ends, Mike Kosicki with that shoulder dislocation, questionable. A originally expected to be out multiple weeks. He was surprisingly able to get some limited practice participation last week. So keep an eye on his status this week, but he's still 50-50 at best to return. And of course, George Kittle on the IR with the foot fracture. With San Francisco officially eliminated from playoff contention, there's not really a reason for them to risk bringing back their franchise tight end. He's a relatively safe drop at this point, even if it's for a kicker or a defense to block an opponent. And that'll bring us to our waiver wire options to replace some of these injured players if you need help at those positions. Starting off with quarterback, of course, we've talked a lot tonight about Jalen Hurts. Just 33% roster in ESPN and just 39% Yahoo. Kind of crazy to me. He could be a league winner after that stunning upset over New Orleans and then barely losing to Arizona. And then, of course, you know, he's added over 80 yards per game on the ground in his two starts so far. He's a top five fantasy quarterback this week against that struggling Cowboys secondary. Mitch Trubisky, 21% ESPN, 13 and Yahoo. There's risk that this could be yet another run-heavy game for Chicago against that poor Jacksonville defense. But the upside is there for Trubisky against the secondary that allows the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Tua Tungabailoa, 26% ESPN, 21 in Yahoo. Even missing his three top pass catchers against the Patriots, Tua had a serviceable fantasy game on the back of two rushing touchdowns. He'll get a significantly easier matchup against the Raiders this week and could possibly get one or more of his receivers back healthy to complement his rushing stats. Baker Mayfield, 27% ESPN, 47 in Yahoo. He struggles under pressure, and the Jets just upset the Rams. But the key to this matchup is going to be Cleveland's offensive line against that Jets defensive line. If Quinn and Williams were to miss this game due to a concussion, Mayfield would have more time in the pocket to pick apart this Jets secondary, making him a less risky option with both a higher floor and ceiling. And finally, Marcus Mariota, not rostered in ESPN, just 1% in Yahoo!, if you're desperate, if Derek Carr is out, Mariota has that rushing floor and ceiling 
that could make him a good fantasy play despite his real-life limitations as a passer, especially as a QB2 fill-in in Superflex or 2QB leagues. Now for those all-important running backs, Le'Veon Bell, 58% rostered in the ESPN, 54 in Yahoo. Daryl Williams should get some looks as well, but Bell does figure to be the start of this week with CEH likely out with that hip injury for multiple weeks here. Atlanta is tough on the run, but Leonard Fournette managed to punch in a couple short touchdowns this past week versus the Falcons. Bell will be a back-end running back, too, with upside. Leonard Fournette, 76% rostered in ESPN, 77 in Yahoo. We'll see if Ronald Jones can make it off that COVID list and have recovered from pinky surgery in time to play this week. If not, Fournette dominated in the work uh, dominated the work in Jones's absence with 14 carries versus Atlanta, compared to just two for Kashawn Vaughn, and Fournette saw five targets as a receiver. He could be a league winner versus a porous Detroit defense that allowed the very most fantasy points to opposing running backs this, this year. He's mostly rostered, but out there in about a quarter of your leagues. Tony Pollard, 35% ESPN, 46 in Yahoo. With Elliott out with a calf injury versus San Francisco, Pollard was a workhorse, seeing 75% of the carries among the backfield and dominated all the receiver work with six catches on nine targets. If Elliott's out again versus Philly this week, Pollard would be a volume-based running back two with upside. <clears throat> Salvin Ahmed. 24% rostered in ESPN, 34 in Yahoo. We'll see if Gaskin's able to come back from the COVID list this week. If not, Ahmed appears to be the workhorse in his stead with 23 carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown on the ground, and three targets as a receiver. Plus, Ahmed was stopped an inch short of a second touchdown versus New England. He'll get a poor Raiders defense that gives up the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. San Fran running backs, Jeff Wilson Jr., 50% ESPN, 56 in Yahoo, and Jarek McKinnon, 39% rostered in ESPN, 37% in Yahoo. With Raheem Mostert likely out, Wilson would probably lead the team in carries, and McKinnon taking some passing down work. Both would be viable flex plays versus Arizona, even if Tevin Coleman were to steal a few touches in an ancillary role. Washington, J.D. McKissick, 78% ESPN, 70 in Yahoo. And Peyton Barber, 20% ESPN, 7% Yahoo only. If Gibson remains out this week, we saw last week that both McKissick and Barber are viable fantasy flex plays, as we mentioned last week. McKissick has the higher floor and ceiling giving, given his involvement as a receiver, but Barber has some upside as a touchdown-dependent running back five as well. McKissick is the preferred play and is rostered in most leagues, but is still available in quite a few. Gus Edwards, 26% in ESPN, 44 in Yahoo. Mark Ingram was a surprising healthy scratch versus Jacksonville. If that happens again, Edwards would be a touchdown-dependent flex play once again, though he's risky with Dobbins garnering a lot of goal line work now. Giovanni Bernard, 59% ESPN, 52 in Yahoo. We'll see tonight versus Pittsburgh how the touches in Cincinnati's backfield shake out. But Bernard has the upside this week versus a weak Houston run defense that's given up the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs this year. He'd be a risk-reward back-end flex play. In Los Angeles, Daryl Henderson, 59% ESPN, 63% Yahoo. Malcolm Brown, just 24% ESPN, 16% Yahoo, of course. If Akers were to miss this game, Henderson and Brown would likely split touches versus a Seattle defense that allowed nine receptions and a rushing touchdown to Washington's backfield. Neither is an ideal play, but both would be desperation running back fours with some upside. Talking about desperation, Sony Michelle, 18% ESPN, 19 in Yahoo. If Damian Harris is out again, Michelle would be a desperation running back four play, seeing the bulk of the carries versus a middling Bills defense that just allowed two rushing touchdowns to Melvin Gordon in the past week. And, of course, in Jacksonville. 
These guys are basically not rostered. Darian Agunbawale and Devin Azigbo. Neither Jacksonville running back is a great option versus a tough Chicago run defense. But hey, if you're desperate, Chicago has allowed four rushing touchdowns to running backs over the past four games since the bye. Agunbawale would probably see some more touches and be the better desperation play of the two. And at wide receiver, of course, we got Brandon Ayuk, 85% in ESPN, 88 in Yahoo. Ayuk should be rostered in 100% of leagues, especially now that Debo Samuel's out for the next few weeks. Given his target volume, Ayuk is a top five wide receiver again this week with league winning upside. We talked about him as a priority ad last week, and there's zero reason he should be a free agent in any leagues. Cole Beasley, 71% ESPN, 70 in Yahoo. We've mentioned Beasley for weeks now, and he's still available in about 30% of leagues. He should continue to see plenty of targets with John Brown out or limited if he's back. And Beasley's a fine wide receiver three start regardless of Stephon Gilmore's status. If Gilmore plays, he would likely cover Diggs, freeing up more targets for Beasley. And if Gilmore's out, the entire Patriots secondary isn't nearly as scary. Antonio Brown, 73% ESPN, 64% in Yahoo. It was another shaky first-half performance from that Tampa Bay offense, but they again got things going in the second half. Brown is a risk-reward wide receiver three with upside against the Lions secondary that's top three in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Greg Ward, 5% ESPN, 3% in Yahoo. And Alshon Jeffrey, 5% ESPN, 6% in Yahoo. With Rager probably out this week, both Ward and Jeffrey have upside against the porous Dallas secondary. That's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Ward would be the better option given his apparent red zone chemistry with Hertz after reeling in two touchdowns against Arizona. EQQT, 31% ESPN, 41 Yahoo. And Chad Hansen, 5% ESPN, 2% Yahoo. Both Houston wide receivers are touchdown-dependent flex plays, but we've seen that Watson continues to drive this offense down the field, even against the tough Colts defense. He should have even less trouble against this mediocre Cincinnati secondary. DJ Shark, 82% ESPN, 84% in Yahoo. And LaVisca Chenault, 12% ESPN, and 16% in Yahoo. With Minshew back as the starter, both Shark and Chenault were viable flex plays against the Ravens, even if some of that production came in garbage time. Jacksonville is likely to trail again against Chicago, and though it's another tough matchup, both wide receivers could see enough volume to be desperation flex plays. Darnell Mooney, 9% ESPN, 10% Yahoo. Mooney has developed into the number two wide receiver in Chicago behind Allen Robinson, and he now has eight PPR points in four straight games, including two back-to-back weeks now with touchdowns. Mooney will face a weak Jacksonville secondary this week that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. A.J. Green, 49% ESPN, 36% Yahoo. We'll see tonight how Ryan Finley does against Pittsburgh and how he divvies up the targets against the Bengals wide receivers, but the Texans, the Texans secondary is a good enough matchup to take a chance on Green if you're desperate. All three Bengals wide receivers saw significant targets against Dallas two weeks ago, and Green scored a touchdown. And finally, Kendrick Bourne, 2% ESPN, 7% Yahoo. Again, if you're absolutely desperate, Bourne did catch a garbage-time touchdown against Dallas this past week, and that was from none other than C.J. Beathard, who we could see a lot more of this week. The Niners are out of the playoffs, and there's some fantasy production to be salvaged here if you are no better options. Bourne will have some opportunity as the number two wide receiver with Samuel out. 
That'll take us into tight ends. Logan Thomas, somehow just at 53% in ESPN, 63 in Yahoo. We've talked about Logan Thomas for weeks now, and he's assumed the clear number two pass catcher role alongside Terry McLaurin in the Washington offense. Thomas's target value makes him a safe tight end one with top five weekly upside, and he gets a Carolina defense that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. Zach Ertz, 55% in ESPN, 52 in Yahoo. Ertz was second on the team with seven targets in the shootout versus Arizona, behind only Goddard and Rager with eight apiece. <clears throat> with, Rager, sorry, with Rager likely out this week, this could free up even more targets for Ertz in a good matchup versus a struggling Cowboys secondary. Austin Hooper, 50% in ESPN, 48 in Yahoo. Target volume is a concern in this run-heavy Browns offense, but Brown, but Hooper gets a beautiful matchup versus the Jets this week, who give up the very most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, including four for 67 and a touchdown to Tyler Higby this past week. Cole Komet, 14% rostered in ESPN, 12 in Yahoo. We've talked about Komet for a few weeks now with him establishing himself as the number one tight end in Chicago's offense. He's a risky play if Chicago leads for most of this game like they did versus Minnesota, but Jacksonville has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends this year and has given up a touchdown to a tight end in four of their last five games. Jordan Reed, 12% in ESPN, 21 in Yahoo. Reed is still splitting time with Ross Dwelly, but with Debo Samuel out, Reed saw five targets versus Dallas this past week. And if Nick Mullins doesn't play due to his elbow injury and C.J. Beathard gets the start, Beathard moved the offense all right versus Dallas late in the game and frequently targets the tight end position. And Tyler Higby, 45% in ESPN, 50% rostered in Yahoo. We recommended Higby versus the Jets last week, and he came through with a solid tight end one game. He gets Seattle this week against whom he logged his previous season high 60 yards against in week 10 and if you're desperate Higby is worth a look based on this matchup here and finally for the defenses this week we've got chicago 61 percent espn 64 and yahoo the bears aren't quite the fearsome unit they were under vic fangio a couple of years ago but they've been playing well and jacksonville just allowed five sacks and a safety to baltimore this past week tampa bay 60 percent espn 51 in yahoo Bucks have been incredibly inconsistent this season, but their defense still has nine sacks and a fumble recovery over the last two games. They're still a solid option against the Lions. Houston, 9% ESPN, 17 in Yahoo. The Texans secondary is wrecked by injury, and they're susceptible to the run. However, their defensive line is still getting to opposing quarterbacks, which could mean some turnovers against either Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen. And finally, the Cleveland defense, 67% ESPN, 72 in Yahoo. Browns are rostered in many leagues, but still out there in more than a third of them. The Jets shocked the Rams with an upset, but Miles Garrett and company should still be able to get to Sam Darnold at least a couple times, depending on your other defensive options here. And, you know, it's a busy time of year, but we want to make sure that we talk about, you know, some of the important stuff. So hope you and your friends and family are all doing well staying safe out there and hope you have a happy holiday whether that's a merry christmas to you happy hanukkah kwanzaa whatever it might be i mean you know maybe it's a merry festivus los yeah it could be right regardless right now is a time for celebration right now is a time to enjoy both football and and your regular everyday lives so um keep on playing keep uh, keep vigilant and keep safe yeah and as i say every year uh you know one of my spiels is i always try to give back if i do end up winning a fantasy title i pick out the player who scored the most points for me that week and i try to find his charity that he supports and uh, i'll, I'll donate 10 percent of my winnings to that charity certainly so, a good cause there a good idea 
Yeah, and of course, if you're struggling financially, you know, be happy with the winnings. Certainly not something you must do, but if you're doing okay, something to consider. Certainly, uh, tis the season, and uh, of course, you have to win those leagues first in order to be donate anything to charity uh, of That's those right. winnings. So, if you've got more specific waiver questions, sit start questions, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. You can find me at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. And you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Go ahead and click that subscribe button so you don't miss any any of our upcoming episodes. Indeed. And happy holidays to all of you listeners out there. And best of luck to you in the championship week, whether you're playing for first or third. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Good luck.